What is going on, everyone? Hope y'all are doing good. Welcome back to another episode of the Refiner's Fire podcast. Today, we have a really good episode. This is actually going to be part one of a part two series on who Jesus is. Um, While I was kind of just coming together with this podcast, uh, this episode, I kind of felt like God was really speaking to me about, you know, really taking this one more, more deeper uh, when it comes to talking about who Jesus is. And so this first episode is really going to be hyper-focused on uh, the deity of, of Christ. Um, he just kind of just laid it all out for me that this one was one that he wanted me to go deeper in. Um, so today we're going to be taking this a little bit deeper than what we normally go, um, which is fine because that's just what the direction of God wants to go with it. So as we know, you know, the deity of Christ is a, it's a huge aspect, you know, it's a piece of who Jesus is. And it's kind of hard to speak about Jesus without going into his attributes, you know, with his, with his deity. Um, and so we were going to kind of just break it down. Not going to go too, too crazy deep. Um, we will go deep and not, not too far. Uh, that way we can continue just to have a good foundation of who God is and who Jesus is. Uh, and then we'll, we'll continue to move on from there. But the first way that I've kind of seen, um, you know, the deity of Christ, it's, it's very evident. Uh, you actually see it in the very uh, first chapter of John, uh, in the first you know, five verses. So it actually reads, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So right off the bat, you know, in, in, in John, we get to see this declaration that John makes, you know, about the truth of Jesus being the Word, and that the Word was with God, and the Word was God, which kind of helps us begin with the deity of Christ being involved in the Trinity. You know, that's, that's kind of what we're kind of breaking down here in these last few episodes and um, the ones we've done recently with uh, who is the Father. But it's kind of just breaking down who God is. And so we see the deity of Christ in the beginning right off the bat, um, not only just in John, but in Genesis as well, because it even talks about, you know, in the beginning, um, God created the heavens and the earth. And so we know through uh, um, cross-referencing Genesis 1 and John 1, we know that Jesus was there. And even later on in Genesis, uh, when God makes mankind, he actually says, let us make man in our image, which kind of really hints to, well, who is, who is our? Well, it's, it's, it's God and a Trinity. It's, it's the whole, you know, one being and, and three separate characteristic beings uh, within the one. And so we get to see Jesus right off the bat um, and his deity form uh, in John by just the declaration that John makes. But then we also see a little bit later on in John 1 where we see, you know, that the word actually is Jesus. Because in John 4, uh, 1.14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So this right here just gives us direct truth that Jesus is, in fact, the word. And when you take that up in um, conjunction to what it says at the beginning of John and then to Genesis 1, you, you get the full, you know, kind of revelation a little bit there that Jesus actually is who he says he is, you know, and, and he is who John says he is, that he is the word of God who was with God and who is God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. And so we get to have this kind of full revelation, you know, full circle turnaround of, of who um, Jesus is and his deity in, in this moment. And so it's really cool to see how that kind of works together. Um, 
but it also kind of helps us, you know, understand why Jesus took the form of man, you know, and it comes to, to get us a, a better understanding of, you know, Jesus was God and Jesus is the son and Jesus is the word. And so it kind of, it kind of gets your brain thinking a little bit, a little bit more, you know, on the, on the forefront of like, oh man, like I know that, I know that God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but Jesus is God, and Jesus is the Son, and Jesus is the Word, and so I know it's a little bit deeper than than you know maybe some of you are used to. But when you fully understand, you kind of understand a little bit more of who Jesus is and the ultimate um, goal of God was. You know, we know Jesus was sent here to die on a cross for our sins, that so we may have eternal life. You know, John three sixteen uh, even helps us with that. You know, for God so loved the world, He sent His one and only Son. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And all throughout the New Testament, you know, you you see writings where we see, you know, the deity of Jesus um, kind of portrayed. Even even with cross references to the Old Testament, you know, the prophet Isaiah gives us a direct prophecy of the deity of Jesus in Isaiah nine. Actually, verses six through seven, you know, it speaks directly to who he is and what he does. For it says uh, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So right off the bat, we see Jesus, you know, is the son and the government will be on his shoulders. You know, we see that he is considered to be, you know, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, you know, wonderful counselor. We're, we're getting to see all of these things with who Jesus is in this moment. And it just brings a whole lot more clarity. Um, and we'll break the we'll break the scripture down in these in these names that are that are called um, that Jesus called by in this in the scripture, but it's just something to see more of who who Jesus is because I think sometimes we get wrapped up in thinking that New Testament scripture is the only way to see Jesus, and we we can't do that because the Old Testament has so many prophecies and so many declarations, you know, like this, that gives us clarity on who Jesus is. So just kind of starting off with like the first little part here says that, you know, he is a wonderful counselor. You know, being a wonderful counselor pretty much means that, you know, Jesus knows how to console you um, better than anyone else can. You know, when you, you go to a counselor and someone to kind of talk to and, and figure things out, you know, with and, and kind of get a little bit more clarity, you know, we do that in this day, age and time now with counselors or therapists and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, you know, Jesus is the wonderful counselor, which means he is going to counsel you better than anyone else can. He's going to give you guidance better than anyone else can. So when you're like, you know, searching for something, you know, you're, you're searching to, to understand, all right, God, what am I supposed to do this season? What am I supposed to do now? How do I live this life? Like all these questions, Jesus is the one who you can run to, to give you the ability to have the peace and understanding to know uh, that whatever he speaks to you is going to be from a place where he knows it all. Because being a wonderful counselor also kind of brings in a little bit of, of who, you know, the omni- um, the omni characteristics of being all knowing kind of come into play when it comes to God. And so we see that with Jesus being wonderful counselor, but we also see how it says, you know, he is mighty God. 
So we know Jesus is God. Uh, when we go back to look, you know, at, at John at the beginning, uh, where it says, you know, the word of God was with God, was uh, was God. And we go back to look at Genesis, and we kind of see that in the beginning God created. And then back when we go back to John again in, in 14, he talks about, you know, the word became flesh. So we see, you know, Jesus is God, you know, it, it just as plain as day, it, it says, uh, it says for itself that Jesus is God, but he also is the son. But when you kind of look at God or you look at Jesus through mighty God, it gives you a little bit more of, um, a more of a, a powerful stance of seeing him. You know, when I, when I say mighty God, I kind of just see a little bit of just like God flexing. And it's just like, you see God's strength in that moment. You see who he is in that moment. He is a mighty God a God who fights, a God who's victorious, a God who is mighty, who is strong. And God, I actually kind of looked this up, you know, what was the meaning of, of mighty God? And it actually says that mighty God is actually a military term, and it refers to the God who fights for his people. And when you think of Jesus as as the God who fights for his people, you you really do come to grasp and see that. Jesus may not have fought a physical, like, swinging punches kind of fight for us, but he most definitely fought a spiritual battle for us. You know, the whole reason why Jesus came down here on the earth was so that we may have salvation from our sins. You know, Jesus had to fight back temptations. He had to fight the devil. He had to fight back sin, you know, so that he could remain holy and perfect. So when it came time for him to be sacrificed everything would flow and everything would go the way it was supposed to go. So he fought for us in a way that may not have been physical, but it most definitely was spiritual. And you can actually see, you know, God has always, always been fighting for us um, since the beginning of time. You know, God fought for Israel with the Egyptians, you know, in the promised land. Uh, he helped Joshua take the ground of their forefathers through the covenant and even throughout uh, the Psalms. There's declaration of God fighting for you. And so understanding that, that yes, God is a fighter. God fights for his people. Um, and seeing that Jesus, you know, takes up that characteristic in his, in his deity of being a mighty God, a God who fights. We see that that fight for salvation was very, very evident and very real um, in his uh, deity and who he is. But then we move on and see like the everlasting father. Uh, which is also was like an inter- interesting way of seeing it, seeing how all that all kind of came together, like considering him like everlasting father, which pretty much means like, you know, he'll never leave. Like it doesn't matter how far away you get or how far you go. Um, you can't be out of his reach. You know, it's it's something that God, God will always constantly from the from the moment that you are born to the moment that you die, he will always be trying to to get you to see him for who he is for the loving father for the everlasting father you know and i know that that sometimes is a little hard for people um because when i was thinking about this i I was kind of reminding you there are a lot of people in this world who are fatherless or they grew up with a father that just didn't love them the way that they they needed to be loved and wasn't there for them the way they were needed to be um for their kids and so, you know, it, it kind of brought me to, you know, some of you have been forsaken by your earthly fathers and your earthly fathers have failed you, you know, but God is that not is not that type of father and Jesus is not that type of savior or Lord. You know, actually throughout scripture, you see Jesus being close and near to the brokenhearted. Um, 
we'll talk about it in our in our part two of this about you know Jesus talking about you know I am the resurrection and the life in that moment who is he with he's with those who are who are broken hearted because they have lost someone dear to them you know and all throughout scripture we see Jesus performed miracles on on people who were homeless or who were crippled and he sat down with sinners and tax collectors like Jesus is not a person who pushes away people no he he invites them in like it's his it's his sole obligation of who is who he is and who is and what his love is is to chase after people no matter what um so just know that that Jesus loves you and that he he's always there to be by your side and then um lastly looking just at this at this piece of passage we see that you know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, which when I was thinking about this, you know, pretty much just means that you know peace flows with authority from Him. You know, Prince has a level of authority when you when you really kind of look at it, like they do have a level of authority, and with Jesus, like peace reigns from His authority. You know, it flows directly from Him. You know, He gives a peace that at times. Uh, as we know, Scripture says, you know, it, it passes all understanding, you know, because it's just that intense and it's just that immense, you know, it's so rich and thick, it, it just captures you. you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like trying to walk through syrup or, or thick mud, you know, it, it just encapsulates you. Which when I was when I was reading or and looking at this and kind of just letting the Lord speak to me in this moment, I, I kind of even saw just like a quick vision of, you know, a caterpillar being in a cocoon. You know, and it's kind of the same way, like Jesus is kind of the same way, you know, that cocoon protects that caterpillar as it is being transformed into a butterfly. And the peace and the peace of Jesus also protects you and keeps you safe as you transform more into who he is and what and who he has called you uh, to be and what to do. You know, that is that is just who Jesus is like. And that's why in those moments, you know, I think when we kind of get so overwhelmed by life and so just um stressed out and and just taken aback and and blindsided that when we run to the father when we run to Jesus it just gives us the ability to just be okay and i think i think that's so just spirit shaking round shaking breakthrough is to understand that hey i can be stressed out of my mind but the moment i get on my hands and knees before the lord and pray to him and worship him and seek him what does he do he shows up, he embraces, and he gives peace. That is, that's just who Jesus is. He is the Prince of Peace, and I can even testify. You know, I've I've had that happen many times. I've experienced that that surpassing all understanding. You know, peace when I'm in the midst of the unknown or the fear, and it's like, man, how do I how do I get to the other side? You know, the storms are coming and and crashing, and the waves are hitting. And it's like, man, I don't know, I don't know what to do. But Jesus. You know, and it kind of reminds me, um, it reminds me of the story in Matthew 4, where we actually, we kind of see this piece kind of, kind of really displayed. Like we really, like I know that so many people have preached sermons on this, on this passage, but it's in Matthew 4 and, and it's Jesus has just told the disciples, um, that they should cross over to the other side of the water so that, so they can get to the other side and, and pretty much just minister to other people. Um, that are there, but during the midst of their storm, or in the midst of their travel, a storm comes rushing in out of nowhere. You know, and the disciples took their eyes off of Jesus and put them on the storm. And we do that many a times 
uh, unfortunately, we we take our eyes off of Jesus and, and his peace and put it on, you know, the ways of life, the things that just come against us. Um, and that's kind of just what the disciples did. But it, it's always, this is something I've noticed and I've kept with me. Um, anytime I think about this passage now and it hit me one day, that even in the midst of their storm, they still know who, who to run to. Like the disciples still knew to run to Jesus. And it may have been with complaints, and it may have been with with dread, but watch what Jesus does. He gets up, and he's like, "Why are you? Why are you having so little faith? You've seen some of the things I've already done. You've you've witnessed what what I'm kind of capable of already. And I told you we were going to cross over to the other side. So why did why did you forget?" And so he just goes out and he just tells he just tells the storm, you know, be quiet, be still, silence. And then the storm and, and the waves, they calm down and dissipate it. And, you know, and it just caused Jesus brought in that peace. You know, Jesus has authority and his authority reigns with peace. And I think that's just that's just something so cool to see, um, not only in the scripture, just but also just in the passage we've read before uh, Matthew 4 as well. Um, but it, it's amazing just to see on how how Jesus um, displays what was already foretold about him. Like that's how you kind of get a, a bigger understanding and clarity of the deity of Jesus by taking Old Testament scripture, seeing how it's lived out in the New Testament. Um, and then it's just that cross reference, that that disconnection that just makes it so surreal, um, which is awesome. And then as we kind of see a little bit more um, in the life of Jesus, uh, a lot of this stuff you can kind of see uh, in in John. Um, I think the book of John kind of really just gives you a good good uh, identity um, and, and way of knowing who Jesus is. Like I, I think John does a very good job of, the, of displaying that. And we actually see a little bit of how pretty much how Jesus come just pretty much cool, comes out and just fully says it. You know, he is Yahweh, like he is I am. Um, and this takes place through, through a conversation and an intense moment between Jesus and some of the religious um, you know leaders at the time but it actually takes place in John 8 and it's kind of verses 48 through 59 and the Pharisees or the religious leaders says pretty much what's the Jews actually is what the translation says that I'm reading um, but it says you know the Jews answered him aren't we right in saying that you are Samaritan and demon possessed because they they I don't know what their logic was behind it, but they they just thought that Jesus was possessed by demons. I I, I don't know. Um, But Jesus comes back and says, I am not possessed by a demon, um, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. You know, I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. And 51, it says, very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Now, this is where it kind of takes a full like the fire just got lit. It just it took a whole nother level. Um, and at this, they exclaimed, now we know that you're a demon possessed. Abraham died and said of the prophets, yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and said of the prophets, who do you think you are? Well, Jesus comes out and just, just plainly says it to him. He says, Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. 
And then 57 says, you are not 50 years old. They said to him, and you have seen Abraham? And then Jesus says, this is where it fully just kicks off. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And this statement right here just sent the Jews in a whole a whole new level of anger. You know, they definitely tried to stone him after this um, because of what he just he just said it was pretty much full blasphemy in, in their eyes and their ears and their ways. It was full blasphemy. But it's it's true. It's it's the boldest statement. It's not the boldest statement that Jesus could have made, but it was a bold statement of that. And it just he just pretty much just says it, yeah, I'm God. Yeah, I'm Yahweh. The I am that you that you have read in, in, in the Torah and the old scriptures, yeah, that's that's me. And he's not lying because we we know by John, in the beginning of John, the word, you know, was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. Like you he's really just kind of bringing it full circle and just kind of just making them realize, like, no, I, I, I truly am I am. Um and he just really just kind of just comes out and says it. And so definitely the Jews were not happy with it, but it was a clear distinction and declaration from Jesus that, hey, you know, I I most definitely am, I am. You know, I am, I am Yahweh. Before Abraham was, I am. And Genesis 1 declares the same thing, you know. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so you kind of just, you kind of just see on how it all all, all kind of just came together um, with understanding that he is I am. But moving on from, you know, just seeing that he's, he also declares I am, there's also a piece where we we know this as, as Christians and as believers, but I think sometimes we tend to just either let it numb, go numb, or we don't take it at, a, at its face value. And it's pretty much just noticing that Jesus is Lord and Savior, I mean, if you really want to get down to the deity of Jesus, you have to understand him as Lord and Savior. Like, you you can't know Jesus without knowing that he is Lord and Savior. And in Jeremiah 23, um, verses 5 through 6, we kind of see a decree, a declaration by the Lord himself, actually, um, which is pretty cool and see how it all, all goes together. But it kind of just proclaims that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Um, but I'll read it. It's in Jeremiah 23, verses 5 through 6. And it says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. So this one, when I read this, I was, I, it struck me really quickly because I think I noticed this not not very long after I read it. But the days are coming, declares the Lord, is what it says. But then at the end of this declaration, it says, this is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. So the Lord is literally declaring about the Lord, which is like, when you read it, you're like, oh, Oh whoa, and then and then it kind of brings in that full that full Trinity aspect. Like yeah, like all three of them are the same, and so when one declares about the other, like in a, in a way that looks like it's confusing to you, is actually is it's no like it's it's reality. It's it's like legitimate because it's one declaring about the other. The Son declared about the Father. The Father declared about the Son. The Son declared about the Holy Spirit. Like it goes it goes hand in hand. They go back and forth and, you know, they work in conjunction with each other. Why? Because they're the Trinity. You know, they're connected. They're one God with three, 
characteristics, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But just seeing, you know, that there's the declaration that Jesus is Savior and Lord um, is a full necessity of understanding who Jesus is. Like, it's kind of cool to see Jesus was already declared in a way, Lord and Savior, before he ever technically but kind of became Lord and Savior. Um, he definitely is our Lord and Savior after his resurrection, you know, life, death, and resurrection from the grave. Um, but I think that that kind of displayed that it was already it was already planned. He was already going to be called Lord and Savior um, either way. But as we know, you know, when it comes when it comes to Jesus overall, he is he is our Lord and Savior, and we did see a little bit more of. Of that declaration too, when you look a little bit um, at what Isaiah says, which is actually a, a, a prophecy that John the Baptist actually lives out um, in the days of Jesus, and it's actually in Isaiah forty, it's verse three, and says, "The voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God." Like the idea of, of Christ is all over it because this is literally what John the Baptist lived out. He is the voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare the way for the Lord. And he even, he lives it out. We have, we have the, uh, the reference and, and the, and the reference made, yeah, the cross reference made in the gospel about, you know, Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is, is God and make a way for him. And so we kind of really get to see another piece of scripture that is giving us the ability to see how Jesus is Lord, you know, kind of how we see John the Baptist does declare um, the the prophecy, and he lives out the prophecy of Isaiah. Um, but I think, you know, obviously by us understanding who Jesus is, Lord and Savior, we also have to talk about, you know, how his, his life, death, and resurrection um, gives us access to that full understanding, because without his life, death, and resurrection, we don't really get to have Jesus as Lord and Savior. Um, because without it, he, he, he couldn't be savior and he couldn't be Lord. Like he's Lord overall. Like, I think that's one thing we have to hyper-focus on when we're talking about Jesus being Lord. Like he is Lord over all, you know, when he says, when he gives the great commission to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. That's the full declaration of, Hey, I'm the one who reigns above it all. I am the King of Kings. I am the Lord of Lords. There is no one else. It's me. And like seeing him as as Lord really gives you um, a heightened awareness. And, and the more you grow in your walk, the more you'll understand how God or how Jesus is Lord over your life. Um, and the more you live it out, you'll you'll understand that he, he really, truly is like Lord. And he really, truly is King. And he really, truly is Savior. Like the more you live it out, the more you'll you'll see and declare the goodness of God because Jesus will make it just so so plain to see like you can't you can't see and find it anywhere else like he is he is lord and savior um and that intimacy and to see him that way it only, it only comes through us accepting him as our lord and savior and recognizing him that he, he did on down the cross for our for our sins and if we accept him into our life we have salvation um and so, yeah, we get to see him. We get to see him more. And obviously, we know we we are saved through him. Um, we are only saved because of him. So that that brings in the full confirmation of him being savior uh, as well. Um, but with that, you know, I think I think coming to a conclusion of the, uh, today's episode is just just understanding, you know, that there there's a whole lot more to Jesus than just than just the New Testament. Um, I don't ever want us to kind of get thinking that oh, like the only way to see Jesus is just as Lord and Savior, and He died on the cross and that's it. 
And it's like, no, 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 that's that's only a part of the puzzle. You, you you got so many other pieces. You got the whole Old Testament to look at and see the declarations and prophecies of Jesus. Um, so when you look when you look at the deity of Jesus, you you have to go back. You have to go back to prophecies. You have to go back to the Old Testament to see what's been declared um, about him and in his life. And um, it helps you understand more and more of who he is. But it's a it's a it's a great it's a great thing to look at. And it's a great thing to observe and continue to grow in. And uh, we'll definitely continue to to learn and grow uh, grow a little bit more about that. Um, in next week's episode. So next week's episode will uh, will be a little bit more focused on like the New Testament side. Um, it just to really kind of pointed out like we'll we'll be looking at some things like how Jesus lived, who he is, what is he declaring about himself. So a little bit of the I am statements, we'll take a look at them and, and kind of dissect them and see, you know, who Jesus is and how we can uh, apply some of that to our life uh, in today. But yeah, no, this this is a great episode. This, like I said, this is an episode that I think the Lord really just kind of wanted me to go a little bit deeper in, um, just bring some revelation to to some people because, man, like we have to, we have to understand who it is exactly we're serving here on earth. Um, we're not serving any earthly king. We're not serving the president. We're not serving any governor. No, we are serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who sits at the right hand of the Father and sits on the throne, like He is in the throne room of grace, surrounded by angels declaring that he is holy, 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 and the elders are casting their crowns before him because he is worthy of it all. Um, so yeah, no, there's just, this all, this one needed to be, be a little bit more, more intense and more, um, more intimate, you know, on a deeper level. But yeah, that'll, that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, super glad for anyone who was able to come in and just listen to it. Um, if you have a chance, like, please, please share this episode, get it out there, kind of help get the podcast out. Uh, that way we'll continue to get more and more people learning about Jesus, um, more and more information just to, just to help people move along and just get closer to God, get, get, get more intimate with Jesus. That's the whole goal of this, of this podcast is to teach people, guide people, direct people and set them ablaze on fire for the Lord so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus um, in a dying and lost and broken world. But thank y'all so much for being able to come by um, and spend another good episode just learning more about who God is and who Jesus is. And can't wait to see you in the next one for Who is Jesus? Part 2. I will see y'all in the next one. Yeah, yeah.